You're listening to Capital Cast, a production of Capital News Illinois. I'm Jennifer Fuller. We're taking a closer look at the state's finances this week. And to talk about that, we have Editor-in-Chief Jerry Nowicki. Jerry, this is um, perhaps much ado about nothing. We're not quite halfway through the state's fiscal year. There's a lot of information out there, but there's also a lot of time left before we get to the end of the year. So what's the top line here? Yeah, I think November, December, kind of an interesting time for state finances because you have the governor's office of management and budget uh, running its five-year projections, which of course they change every year. You know, five year looking five years out in the state government financing is is a little bit crazy. Or I mean, it's not crazy. It's a good it's good policy to have to where you're always taking stock of the trends of revenues or whatnot, but you you can't really look out that far. So and then you have, you know, pension briefings and then, the, of course, the Commission on Government Forecasting and Accountability always does its monthly reports. So I've just sort of been looking through some of those. But um, the sort of what we're here to discuss, one of the top line things is from the governor's office of management and budget, that five year plan. And I think what the real headline was from that is that um GOMB is upping its uh, revenue estimate for the current year by $1.4 billion, which is quite a uh, uh, increase, certainly, at this point in the fiscal year. We're now five months in, but a lot of that's due to some uh, <clears throat> the state now uh, collecting some federal matching funds that it didn't correctly apply for in previous years. So they've rectified that. And now it's sort of just moving to this fiscal year. It's a couple hundred million. And then just some some other uh, types of trends and some some good uh, performance and tax revenues and whatnot. So um, that's sort of the main thing I got from the governor's report as far as this fiscal year goes. It, it'll it'll make for an inter- some interesting conversations as to whether there's supplemental spending needed in any areas, uh, but certainly there are other funding pr- or spending pressures identified in that plan as well. And this is another way for both the governor's office and, and for lawmakers and other policymakers to take a closer look at you know, what needs to happen in this next six months. I think there are a lot of people out there who hear surplus or adjusting revenues up and think, well, maybe we should, you know, lower taxes, or maybe we should return some of this money to taxpayers. But we've not heard that from lawmakers really, or the governor yet, as they continue to look forward, even beyond this fiscal year, right? Right. So a couple uh, things on that point is, you know, it's, it's the monthly performance thus far has been good, but anything can happen like you alluded to in the opening here in the next six months of the fiscal year, seven months, because uh, especially during April, like state fiscal years are made or broken in April every year, because that's when uh, you're getting uh, the main tax filings in. If, if the stock market, if there's a lot of capital gains in a year, you're um, getting more uh, in tax revenue. But if there's more losses, you're paying out more uh, to some people, certainly. So Basically, what we're looking at is we're through the year so far, Illinois is in good shape so much to a point where it can um, it's it's going to 
look like right now, Gombe thinks, uh, end the year with about $422 million surplus. But, sorry, do you want to? Well, I think you and I are both getting to the same thing. You know, the, there are also some some cautionary tales within that report and things that lawmakers and the governor are going to have to take a very close look at that may come up even in this fiscal year uh, in terms of, hey, we need extra money for this program, or we've got a pressure here. Um, I know that the asylum seekers issue is is always something that it seems there's always more need than money available. Yeah. So the governor's office of management and budget identified those as spending pressures. And there's about a mil, uh, pardon me, a billion dollars more in so-called spending pressures than what they anticipated when getting, when approving the budget. And those are they are related to the asylum seekers, costs associated with that, outstanding bills at the Department of Innovation and Technology, some increased group health insurance costs, and uh, uh, sort of uh, caseload pressures at the Department on Aging and the Department of Human Services and stuff like that. So um, that, that takes a bite out of the ex- added $1.4 billion to the tune of about now they're anticipating about a $400 million surplus. You know, the the other thing that you get into, though, is, and, and this is how anyone typically would budget. They say, oh, look, this is great. We've got all this extra money. But if you're doing things correctly, you say, oh, well, maybe we need to hold on to that. Because as they look into 2025, that forecast predicts a decline in revenues for the state. Is is Are we talking here about lawmakers saying, well, let's hold on to this surplus because that might be able to cover the balance? Right. So the fiscal year 2025, which would begin July 1st, um, now the the state expects revenue to to decline from somewhere around $52 billion this year to 51 and a half. But spending pressures will only go upward with uh, pension payments growing, with added payments to K-12 schools and other things. So to, to that end, uh, Gombe's, you know, really early lookout into 2025 now anticipates a deficit of $891 million, but that's that's including $170 million going into the rainy day fund. So if you don't count that as quote unquote spending, then it's about a deficit of $720 million. You know, as we have these conversations about the budget, you see people outside the dome saying, okay, well, so does this mean good news or bad news? Are we talking about uh, a healthy state budget picture or are we in similar situations as we have been over the last 15 or 20 years where we're kind of living paycheck to paycheck as a state? How would you classify this? Um, it's certainly not it's it's not majorly bad, not majorly good news on either side of the pendulum because uh, GOMB has always been a fairly conservative entity under Pritzker. They're not looking to spend more than they have or they're not they're not haven't seemed to be fudging the numbers really in in any certain regard. So what it is is there is it's sort of like a tap the brakes type thing. we've we've had some real, um, good fiscal performances in recent years. Tax revenues have performed better than expected, basically, uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic got here. Now the federal funds aren't aren't um, providing the influx into the economy that they once did, but also that the economy hasn't sort of clapped back in response to that money going away. So 
there's there's certainly things to like a, a sort of speed bump here or there you know to to say you know you, you really got to be careful so um i think it's just it's just basically middle of the road i'd say one of the things that always gets headlines is the pension deficit and you mentioned this a little bit earlier you know there will be a pension payment that t- puts a lot of pressure on the budget both this year next year and in the coming years people talk a lot about this big number uh 142.3 billion dollars is what the pension liabilities have now grown to and it sounds like an insurmountable task to get that that pot filled to where it needs to be. But what exactly are the pressures here? And is the state in any better shape than it has been when it comes to pensions? Yeah, this topic can always be a subject for its own podcast, documentary, whatever type of deep dive into it. But so the, the, the long story short is the state for years up to the 90s, and even beyond that, had had not put enough into the pension fund. Uh, in 1995, the so-called Edgar Ramp became the law to where the state would slowly ramp up its pension payments. But um, that goal set a 90% funded ratio. And, you know, you say 90% funded. The state is making all its pension payments to pensioners on time you know that's that's not the issue here but it's like when you use unfunded liabilities it's sort of what would happen well if the state had to pay out every dollar dude and pensions at the same time which of course will never happen they'd be you know 142 billion dollars short which is the by accounting practices, that's about forty four point six percent funded. But you know, the Cogfa's pension report said it's important to look at trends, and really, um, we're below in terms of unfunded liabilities where we were in twenty twenty, when it was about one hundred and forty four point two billion. That was related to the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, and in the first year we saw you know, the stock market not performing well. But then the next year, there was like a $15 billion drop, which was really unprecedented for Illinois. But even at the time, COGFA warned, you know, this is a one-time thing due to that clawback and in investment gains that we saw in, in after the pandemic and all the federal funds and whatever else was happening with the economy. Um, it did well. But it, it, since then, it's sort of been the incremental steps up but this in terms of liabilities, but I mean, it's sort of a, maybe a bit of a flatlining trend, you know, people above my pay grade will decide whether they expect that to keep going up. But long story short is the Edgar ramps, uh, like I said earlier, pension payments keep growing. So the report suggests that maybe within a year or two, those liabilities could start moving downward. There was a lot of question as the pension ramp came up here, uh, you know, what what is it, 15, 20 years after the law was passed about, well, maybe we need to work, rework the Edgar ramp. Maybe we need to re almost refinance uh, this obligation. But not a lot was done to change that. They did change and, and include a new tier uh, for new employees coming into the state system. 
but they haven't really changed exactly what's expected, what kind of funding level they want it to be, whether it's 90%, 80%, or perhaps even a lower number. Is there an appetite for that now, do you think? Or do we hold the line uh, as lawmakers continue to watch what that number is going to do? Well, I'd certainly say that within the next year, two years, three years, there's going to be some type of quote unquote pension fix that's going to have to come out of this building right now, of course, in the Capitol. Uh, But uh, because the tier two that you'd mentioned, there's there's a lot of speculation, fear, um, understanding even that if those benefits do not equate to what's offered under social security benefits, uh, you're, you're running afoul of federal law and you could be, uh, you know, the tier two could actually end up in the long run more expensive if you're doing all these lawsuits regarding the benefits people receiving not meeting federal requirements. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of people certainly on both parties know that the tier two schedule probably has to be changed, but you know, you could, you could get into that deeply, but uh, in response to the question, yeah, I think there's something's going to have to change. Yet another thing that, that uh, may be a priority for at least some lawmakers, if not all of them, uh, as the session begins next month, as you mentioned, this could be a podcast, a documentary, a long-form series in and of itself, but I do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what else should people be keeping an eye on uh, as we close this out, as we close out 2023, the last six months of the year? Do you see anything in the, either of these reports or projections that may come up during the spring session? Well, I think, uh, again, it's it's sort of what we discussed is that... Um, there's these added spending pressures, which will need some type of potentially supplemental spending plan. But uh, I think it's it's a matter of will lawmakers sort of be able to keep that within the uh, one-time expenses that uh, uh, accompanies some of the uh, revenue spikes that are occurring this year um, and maybe not not making it year-over-year spending. Jerry Nowicki is the editor-in-chief of Capital News Illinois. Jerry, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a service of the Illinois Press Foundation, with major funding from the Robert R. McCormick Foundation, as well as funding from the Illinois Broadcasters Foundation and the Southern Illinois Editorial Association. Until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Fuller. Fuller.